Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And on this Black Friday, we wish each and every one of you a happy Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, great to have you with us. We're at 10 Penn State. We'll take on Syracuse tonight. That will be at 7 o'clock at the Barclays Center. We're on beginning at 6.30 this evening, the first time the two have met since 1981. Uh, Penn State comes in 5-1, Syracuse is 4-2. It's 7 o'clock tonight with a 6.30 airtime in the network. And then Penn State football tomorrow on Senior Day at Beaver Stadium as the Nittany Lions take on Rutgers at 3.30. We're on beginning at 2 o'clock. Scores today. Texas in the fourth quarter leads Texas Tech 42-24. Virginia and Virginia Tech are playing a wild one today in Charlottesville. That game with under six minutes to play is 30-30. And the winner will go to the ACC championship game against Clemson. Virginia has not beaten Virginia Tech in 15 years. And this game is in Charlottesville today. I'd give you the score of Arkansas and Missouri, but in reality, does anybody care? I mean, I can do it. I can give you the score. Jerry Jones. I, Jerry Jones cares. I mean, Arkansas leads Missouri 7-0 end of the first quarter okay. in Fayetteville. Uh, and uh, Iowa, I know, has jumped out to at least a 7-0 lead in Nebraska. Uh, Smith-Marset caught a 45-yard touchdown pass in that one for Iowa in the annual Friday matchup after Thanksgiving between those two. And it has become an annual matchup between the two. Both both sides like it. And in fact, uh, Iowa now leads 14-3. to three. Iowa now leads 14-3. to three. Uh, Another game coming up at the bottom of the hour, interesting, is Memphis and Cincinnati. Dave Willishan, who is the play-by-play voice for Memphis, who does a great job. He was here... Uh, Memphis played NC State yesterday at Barclays. Not part of this tournament, part of a different tournament. And uh, Matt Park, uh, who who does an awesome job at Syracuse, and Dave, who does an awesome job at Memphis. Three of us sat down at breakfast yesterday for an hour. And if Memphis wins, they have to play Cincinnati again next week for the championship. They don't have divisions. But they match up again against each other. They'd be playing each other in back-to-back weeks for the American Conference Championship. I said, well, I looked, I said, well, Dave, that makes prep easy. (laughs) I shouldn't take too much to do back-to-back games Uh, in a situation like that. But they're playing at 3.30 this afternoon. Basketball, Maryland beat Harvard 80-73. to Anthony Cowan had 20 points. 17 of the 20 were in the second half at the battle for Atlantis. Uh, Maryland uh, survived a tough one yesterday. And beating Temple, North Carolina, after the loss to Michigan, beat Oregon 78-74 to today. Uh, Michigan's been playing great. A lot of fabulous, um, Jawan Howard's brought a lot of fabulous NBA stuff to the table, and his team's embraced it. Michigan's been playing very, very well. Uh, they beat North Carolina yesterday. Uh, Virginia's got a shot here. Virginia has a shot. 4.47 to go and a 30-30 tie. They just forced their third turnover of the game. An interception 
that stopped a Virginia Tech drive, and they, they got the pick at their own 35-yard uh, line. So they've got an opportunity now to drain some clock and maybe get, at minimum, a field goal to go in front. Michigan, by the way, leads Gonzaga 40-36 to with about 15 minutes to go in the game there. Michigan's playing great. And Penn State's in a bounce-back mode after that tough one the other night. I mean, 21-point lead, 16-plus minutes to play. You feel like you're in great shape. They were playing so well. And then, uh, to the credit of Ole Miss, hit a series of three-point shots to get themselves back in it. Got back within seven. Okay, great. So now they're at seven. How do you respond? And Penn State responded beautifully and pushed the lead back out to 14. You would figure that once you repel a run like that, you've now put yourself in a great position to win. Uh, but they missed a one and one with a minute 59 to go. That was a big, uh, big uh, uh, plus for Ole Miss. That opened the door instead of maybe having a potential three possession advantage for Penn State. Suddenly, uh, Ole Miss came down, scored, and made it a one possession game. That's how big those are down the stretch. And of course, Penn State made the bad mistake at the end. Uh, Isaiah Brockington threw the ball in. It's. Uh, Brockington's a guy that, on a personal point of view, I hope he really plays well tonight. And here's the reason why. It really has bothered him to the extreme. He feels like he lost the game. And they're in a position to win because of guys like him. Brockington's turned out to be a heck of a player, but he's taken it personally as to the fact that he did not, you know, that he didn't make that play. I know Pat's talked to him. I thought Patrick Chambers yesterday in practice, they went and practiced at the Nets practice facility, which is in the back of the building. And Pat made, you know, they did a lot of serious work on Syracuse, especially how to attack the zone, the 2-3 zone. But he also made practice fun. They did a couple of shooting competitions. And the last one he did was everybody had to take a shot from midcourt and if you made the shot, if you're, you know, it's guards versus forwards. So if you made a shot, you get 50 points for your team. If you hit the rim, you got 10. And the only shot made by a forward from midcourt was John Hera. Right? Uh, two of the guards made midcourt shots. And it's, and, but, you know, I think it was, he, he tried to make it fun. Uh, you know, I have not seen, uh, that kind of great midcourt shooting since uh, since you and I stuck into the gym that day and saw the suit when he thought nobody was watching. <laughs> I wonder what the turning point was on Wednesday night. Um, when it was sick, oh, when it was, uh, I was thinking 60 to know. 50 when they were going through whether the Ole Miss player was going to get tagged with the flagrant run. With the, okay, the flagrant, yeah, let, me, let me talk about that for a second. Yeah, because that was that – was, it held up play that, quite a bit. Now, this is a new rule this year. You are allowed to go to the monitor, and even if you're looking at something else, you can call a foul on the other guy. So that's a new rule. Right? So that's you know, so they did not violate anything by doing that. Uh, but when the play happened, okay, foul was called, and the foul was called on Ole Miss. Okay. So now they're going to look at the monitor. Now, when the call, and we know that he swung his arm at one point, and yeah, he did hit Jamari on the side of the face. Okay. So, does it rise to the level of a flagrant? And that's the only thing Dick and I are looking at. 
Not in a million years do we think they're going to overturn the call. That didn't even enter my mind. So I'm thinking it's either Penn State ball, foul, and Ole Miss, or it's two free throws plus the ball. That's the only thing I'm thinking. And I'm debating in my head as to whether that rises to a level of a flagrant or not. And then they announce it's a foul on Wheeler. Ole Miss did not score on that play, but there was a domino effect to that play. And here's the dominoes for you. Number one, Wheeler being assessed with the personal foul takes away a possession from Penn State. So that's one. Wheeler being assessed with the personal foul on the overturn gave him another personal foul, and eventually he got to four, which meant he had to go to the bench. So he was out for a period of time. The most disruptive defensive player you have went to the bench because that opened the door for a fourth personal foul, which then in the end, at the end of the game, instead of Ole Miss having one plus one off the foul at the end of the game, because it would have been the 19th foul, that foul on Weaver got them to 19 fouls and made it a two-shot foul at 10 at the end of the game. So even though in that immediate moment it didn't have an effect, actually as the game went, it did have a domino effect that did affect the game. Uh, Now, whether... Whether they're right or not, I don't know. I'm not going to. I don't know whether I can judge whether they're right or not in the play because I'm looking at it. But I wasn't looking at it from the idea that Jamari Wheeler committed a foul. So I'm looking at it as to whether it was a flagrant. The part of the play that I didn't like, as to how they called it, was that Ole Miss, the player for Ole Miss, the entire possession. Because Jamari was right there, right there, being a pest, being a pest, being a pest, like he always does. And the old Miss player was getting out of control. And to me, by calling the foul on Wheeler, took away the fact that Ole Miss was out of control. And normally that, to me, is something where you've got to have a feel for the game. Like, this guy's out of control as to how he's playing here. And he went the last 20 feet, I felt out of control because Wheeler was bothering him so much, uh, but that was that was a big play. But you're up you're up big at one point, uh, and the old the old adage is you shouldn't be in that position. How about that? When you're up that big, you shouldn't be in that position. Give Ole Miss credit. Uh, Kermit Davis even today said, "I have no idea how we did that, but." They did. So you move on. It's a marathon. You go on to the next one. You can beat Syracuse tonight. You now get a win against one of the Blue Bloods. And Penn State right now is 30 in the Ken Palm. That's how that's usually what Dick and I look at. But that's where they are. That's where they are. Got to be. You know, Got to play the two-three zone tonight. I watched them play Oklahoma State the other night. Oklahoma State jumped out to an 11 nothing lead in the game. And then Syracuse came back, and then Syracuse took the lead. When Syracuse took the lead, I thought that, okay, now they've stabilized the game. They're in front, and they'll be, you know, they'll, they'll be able to take it home. Uh, no. After they took the lead and actually built up, I want to say, a four- or five-point lead, Oklahoma State from that point on woodshedded that team. They beat them by 24 points. All right, we'll take a break. Got a special tailgating edition in the next half hour. We do. They're going to be good, real good. I I mean, I know you're looking forward to this. Yes, we both are. He's ready to go. 
I know you're looking forward to this. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Brewers Outlet, Brewers Outlet, Brewers Outlet, Jenny 1195, Jenny 1195, Jenny 1195, Brewers Outlet, Brewers Outlet, Jenny 1195, Jenny 1195. Now that's what I'm talking about. Brewers Outlet has Genesee, Jenny Light, and Ice 30 pack cans for just 1195. Get it? We got it. Pickles, ice, cigars, lottery, and all your beverage and party needs are a one stop shop at the beverage supermarket, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury. One twenty-three to go in the game. Brian Delaney has kicked a 48-yard field goal, and Virginia leads Virginia Tech 33-30 with one twenty-three to go. Virginia Tech has all three timeouts remaining. The winner goes to the ACC championship game against Clemson. So Virginia Tech has won the last 15 matchups against Virginia. Let's see how it plays out. Today's show being brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in summary, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, including these great specials through Tuesday. Jenny 30 packs, $11.95. Seagram's 24-pack bottles, $21.98. Corona 12-pack bottles, $13.95. Blue Moon 12-pack bottles, $14.95. Labatt 24-pack, 16-ounce cans, $15.95. Plus wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day in the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Nate Bauer from Blue Head Illustrated will join us at 406, the King at 435, and for the first time ever in the next half hour. The curator of the Tom McGrath tailgate. The incomparable the Garrett Boloshevsky will join us. We will talk about how one puts together a tailgate of all tailgates. It is a, there is a method to the madness, for sure. I saw that vividly on display two weeks ago. Well, I, actually, I want to concentrate on the other part. It's called the madness. Uh, we'll, you know, <laughs> if we have to work in method, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there now going, he says, I'm going to get killed on this thing. That's <laughs> not going to happen. Oh, my goodness. Uh, tomorrow, Penn State, Rutgers. Uh, Penn State, you know, look, they just need to go out and get the job done tomorrow. 
after that, then let some things fall into place around them. They will know the result of the Ohio State-Michigan game because that's the noon game. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show being brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. And yes, now we have great specials to talk about as well. Okay? And the specials, and it's a long list of specials on this holiday weekend, as a matter of fact. The long list of specials include, let's see, Jenny, uh, 30 packs, $11.95. Seagram's 24-pack bottles, $21.98. Corona, 12-pack bottles, $13.95. Blue Moon, 12-pack bottles, $14.95. Labatt, 24-pack, 16-ounce cans, $15.95. When you're in an interim position like some people are, you look for the specials. Uh, and they also have wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day in the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. I know, uh, Sean, you like the fact that we try to think of everybody and we slipped in the interim part. We did, yeah. Uh, hey, speaking, speaking of second to none. Well, the Tom McGrath tailgate is indeed second to none. Now, there was a period of time where the young Goloshevskis resented me referring to it as the Tom McGrath tailgate until they understand, understood the prominence of a curator and also now, obviously, head of publicity. And that would be Gary Goloshevsky. Gary, welcome. He's also the head of the fan council, by the way, too. My good friend, it's great to have you with us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. It's a uh, pleasure and an honor to be on the Steve Jones Show, curated by Sean Carey. Yes, Sean go. Carey, curator. There you go. Checks All right, in the mail. So the menu... You put out an email, and it's a themed email all the time. So, obviously, this is Senior Day. Uh, so, what is the theme overall for your tailgate this week? So, uh, theme overall, you know, Senior Day, as you pointed out, I'd say it's uh, it's about tradition. So, we, we go back to our roots. So, the menu is, is based on the staple items that are our core cast of characters tend to bring uh, each and every week. So, so we went with, with the standard, the staple, the constants, you know, for this, this, week, this weekend's tailgate. That means chocolate chip pancakes, turkey chili, Chick-fil-A nuggets, right? Uh, oh, let's yeah. see, holushki. Oh, yes, for, the, uh, for our ethnic Polish folks that, uh, that join the yes. tailgate. Uh, that, no, and that in the valley, I mean, right, Sean? I mean, in the valley, Halushki's a big deal. We have had fans of this show on game day Saturday literally go up to Stephen Jack during the tailgate show outside the Jordan true. Center with Halushki. Absolutely true. Fantastic. It's true. Fantastic. I mean, they, they have. Uh, assorted fruits, bacon, turkey sausage bites, chips, pretzels. Let's see. Wings over Piscataway. All right. Now, okay, what is that? 
<laughs> well, so that's a great question. Uh, so Mary Ellen, uh, one time, um, she she often will bring a, a tray of chicken from Wings Over uh, down on Hamilton Street in State College. And um, one time she called in her order, and um, Wings Over doesn't just exist in State College. It's in all points across the country. And she accidentally called Wings Over from Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> Needless to say, her chicken order did not arrive in time. So the running joke is it's always now wings over from whomever's hometown we're playing that week. So that that's just sort of a running joke that's been going on for a couple of years now. So it's been wings over Bloomington. Correct. Wings, wings over, over Ann, Ann Arbor. Arbor. Uh, wings <laughs> over um, uh, Iowa City. You know, so we, we've gone through the gamut of uh, the non-conference and the conference games with her. Uh, also, bacon deviled eggs, which I'll never have. Uh, and then you have to have, now this is from Tom and Julie, right? oh, yeah. a supreme pizza dip and the world-famous lemon rum cake. That not only makes its appearance at, uh, at the tailgate, but anytime we gather for away game viewing parties, those are the two things that, uh, you talk about constants and tradition, they appear Every time we get together. Next up, uh, bacon, mac, and cheese. Now, that's always a winner. Can't, can't that, go wrong that, on that, a cold, uh, icy, wet Saturday than make bacon, mac, and cheese. Well, it's not going to be wet Saturday. Maybe later at night. That's, you're going to be fine. Well, well okay. Steve, you know, we don't, we don't just uh, pack up and leave. So there's a good chance that we'll be there when that precipitation ends up starting. Yeah, I know. You have to wait for some scallywag to get there. <laughs> well, and that's highly variable in our planning. <laughs> uh, kielbasa, snacks and candy for the kiddos, pepperoni, cheese, cracker tray, coffee, hot chocolate, chicken noodle soup, uh, pumpkin cookies, really. Right. Right. And, then, and then the world-famous TBD. TBD. Yes, indeed. Well, that's, you know, we, we try to get everybody to conform to the theme, and, and, and sometimes, sometimes there's a few that just can't seem to get on board. So we try. <laughs> we try. <laughs> Gary, what, what got you into Penn State football? Uh, well, so uh, Amy and I are both alums from the, the mid-'90s, um, certainly been following it uh, since then. You know, I guess I can remember my, you know, my earliest memory is probably the 86 National Championship. Watched it on TV with my dad when I was a young teenager. And then just followed it all the way, all the way through. Uh, once Amy and I got married, we were living in, in Philadelphia, and we, uh, we started to make the trek up. Uh, every Saturday, you know, those are long days. You know, you're leaving the house at 5 a.m., you're getting there, and you're tailgating, and going to the game the whole bit, and then you're getting home midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning. And life goes on, and you start to have kids, and you realize, well, we can't be doing this anymore. So <laughs> we had two choices. We either stopped going to Penn State football games, uh, which obviously we did not do, or plan B, which was uh, move up here, which is what we ended up doing. So we moved up here, and uh, we've been uh, we've been – Hardcore ever since. Uh, Tom Tom McGrath, by the way, all kidding aside, has had an incredible career. The places he's been, the people he's worked with, the, the great work he's done, whether it's been with the Celtics, USA Basketball, whatever it may be along the way. And Julie's had, Julie had a great career, too, did a lot of work with the Olympics. Uh, great career as well. Uh, in fact, uh, 
Jim and Julie Beheim are very good friends of theirs. Now, I saw Jim last night, but I wasn't really like, you don't feel like you're in a position to say, you know, because he was quiet and wanted to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, I'll try and see Julie Beheim before the game tonight. But they're very close with them. Now, you move into town. They move into town. How did you then get the really critical position? And it is critical. <laughs> of curator of the Tom McGrath tailgate. Well, yeah, that is another good story. So uh, I, I think, you know, um, it started with the trip to Ireland. Now, we didn't make the trip to Ireland, but a lot of our other core individuals of the tailgate did make the trip, which is where uh, they met up with Tom and Julie. And then, of course, through conversation, they said Tom and Julie were new-ish to town at that time. They said, hey, you guys should come by our tailgate. So they did, and we struck up that friendship, which has now gone on in its fifth and sixth year. The, the name of the Tom McGrath tailgate, <clears throat> now we've been, of course, tailgating for years, but uh, uh, Tom had the opportunity to invite some of, some of his coworkers over, and there was a, uh, a kid that came over. Ironically, his name was Will McGrath, no relation. Um, Will McGrath came to the tailgate. We introduced ourselves and so on and so forth. A couple weeks later at the radio show, which at the time was still over at Letterman's, uh, Randy, Randy Isles and I saw Will McGrath. So we went over and said, oh, Will, good to see you again. And you could see that Will recognized us but couldn't place where we were from. And so we said, oh, yeah, Will, you were, you were at our tailgate a couple weeks ago. And he said, oh, your tailgate. You mean the Tom McGrath tailgate. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, the legend was sprung. Uh, you referenced in the open, my younger daughter, Annabelle, who was only eight or nine years old at the time, couldn't kind of wrap her head around the joke. She said, Dad, why are they saying it's Tom McGrath's tailgate? It's your tailgate. Why do they say that all the time? And we had to slowly bring her on board to like, hey, it's just a joke. We're having fun with it. But now she's she's all good with it now. It took a while, but she's she's good with it now. It's because it's got more, it has more publicity than she ever dreamed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is probably true. Uh, tell us about a little bit, just uh, in all seriousness, about the fan council part of it, because you've been actively involved in it. You're in charge of it right now. What are some of the charges of the fan council? What are some of the items that you think are very important to keep to the forefront? Yeah, so the fan council, uh, that's a great question, actually, Steve. So I, I, I happen to be fortunate enough to have been uh, on the original formation of the fan council, and I'm serving uh, now, I've served my term and now I'm acting as the chair of the fan council, so at the end of this cycle will be my last, my last go-round. And the fan council really is, is a venue where um, the athletic department can get uh, direct feedback from fans of all types that are, that, that are invested in Penn State. Not just Penn State football, but all, all the sports. Um, <clears throat> we have an opportunity to bring... Uh, comments or concerns, things we hear or see to them for consideration. And it is just consideration. We're not a uh, a governing body by any means. We're just there for informational purposes only. Uh, And they have an opportunity to say, hey, we're thinking about uh, these ideas. A good example, if you've seen the the tailgate tents that pop up right outside Jeffrey Field, right, that you can rent or buy for a particular game, that was an idea they, they previewed with us. Hey, we're thinking of bringing in this organization that will set this up. How do you think that will be received? Do you think we have a market for it here? And, and we said, yeah, I think people would certainly go for the convenience and the setup and everything else. And lo and behold, I think that, that's been, I think we are the tailgate guy's best 
um, university in as far as sales and revenue go for that. So it did take off. So that's just one example of where they were able to get feedback from us. They did what they wanted with it and made some decisions, and it's uh, an example where it's been successful. Gary, absolute pleasure. Great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, this is one of the truly great, great guys out there, great family. Uh, we have a lot of fun sometimes at your expense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it, Steve. I enjoyed the opportunity. Thanks, Sean. And I hope, uh, hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving, and we'll see you guys on Saturday. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Once I uh, drive out of here tonight, we'll get it back about 2.30 or 3 in the morning. So Yeah, be safe, be safe. Thanks. All right, okay. we will come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Oh, tailgating is all part of the fun at uh, Penn State. It, that's why Penn State football is not just a game, it's an event. And uh, what Gary does and what Tom does, it's just an example of the thousands of tailgates that are out there. It, uh, just a great example of it. And so we have a lot of fun with Gary. And Sean, you were a part of it. You actually stole the show two weeks ago. Don't know about tomorrow, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, just amazing people. Wonderful passion they have for dear, for a dear old state. And I know they're going to be uh, up and at them, ready to go tomorrow morning. Get it rolling at between 7 and 8 a.m. They'll be setting up shop and we'll We'll swing by, warm up, grab some coffee before we get to our post tomorrow. Swing <laughs> I'll by be sound tomorrow asleep night. between 7 and 8 in the morning. Yes, you will. <laughs> you have every right to be. <laughs> no, no offense to anybody at the dear old tailgate. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think they're going to understand because it's, uh, it's going to be a long night here. Um, the uh, schedule up to date on some scores. Virginia, for the first time in 15 years, beat Virginia Tech. They won 39-30. Virginia will play Clemson for the ACC championship in Charlotte. Uh, Texas won earlier today. They beat Texas Tech. Uh, and I was talking with Dave Willison yesterday. Uh, Dave Willishan is the play-by-play voice at Memphis. They played N- uh, NC State and Barclays yesterday. It was separate from what Penn State's doing. Uh, and uh, Matt Park, Dave, and I had, had breakfast yesterday. And Dave got out of here yesterday and got back to the Liberty Bowl today to do Memphis football. Uh, Memphis is up 7-3 on Cincinnati in the first quarter of that game. And the Apple Cup is going to be played in a few minutes. That's about 18 minutes away from kicking off between Washington State and Washington. They're both bowl eligible at 6-5 and five right now, and the game uh, this time around is being played in Seattle, where you can literally park your boat and then go into the stadium. You know, this is something. Uh, by the way, Texas won 49 to 24. I should have mentioned that. Uh, do I even bother with the Missouri Arkansas score? I mean, I covered that earlier this hour. I think we're good. I mean, are you sure? Because, I mean, I think we've got a lot of people who are kind of excited about what's going on with this game. It's, I mean, it's a 10 7 lead for Missouri in the that five minutes ago before the half. I mean, it's, it's really cooking. Uh, CBS. 
just sat down in probably production meetings and said, I can't believe how lucky we are to have this game. <laughs> and let's see. Where's as the world turns? Uh, no, there's football today. So. <laughs> you can't do that to us. <laughs> you can't do that to us. They actually ran a regular season episode of The Young and the Restless yesterday on Thanksgiving. It's like, what? What are you doing? Oh, it's like, well, they didn't have the foot. They didn't have their NFL coverage starting till four, so they had to fill with something. You think they'd put something holiday on instead of uh, instead of just a regular soap opera? With the what? The the, the young and the restless. Oh, the CBS daytime soap that's been on there for decades. I'll admit that was a guilty pleasure of mine in college. I watched a lot of Y and R back in the day, back in the late eighties, early nineties. I did watch it quite a bit, and then. Then stopped, but uh, but yeah, that soap is still on. It was on yesterday. That's actually what the mother-in-law had on when we went over yesterday to start decorating her house. Are, are they still doing the same things on the show that they did twenty years ago? I don't know. I was waiting <laughs> just for different I, I, people. I was waiting for Michael Damien's character Danny Romilotti to show up and perform his cover of "Rock On," the David Essex song from nineteen seventy-four. But uh, no, it didn't happen. I think one of the actors in it. Either that, isn't there another one that's on after that? Like the same company or something? Yeah, there's another one after that. It's called The Bold and the Beautiful. I think, that was, I think that's still on. There's an actor named, I remember this because Penn State played Indiana and they had a quarterback named Xander Diamant. And his actor, his father, is one of the actors on one of those. That's right. He, he appeared actually on both of those. Oh, he's been on both? Okay. He has been on both. That's right. Because somebody introduced me to him, I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> it's great. Nice to meet you." Yeah. They ever tell you? They ever tell you the Denzel Washington story? I've not heard that one. Okay, Denzel Washington when they made the movie Unstoppable about the train. It was filmed. A good portion of it was filmed in in central Pennsylvania. It was filmed uh, up in Julianne and Milesburg. And all through that area, a lot of those parts. That's why when you look at the movie, you see that they, you know, I mean, they, uh, like sun, Sunset West, they show them pulling out of the parking lot there, trying to get to the train. Um, and Denzel Washington stayed at the Nittany Lion Inn. And Penn State opened the season with Penn. And his son, Keith, was a walk-on for the Penn basketball team. So Denzel was behind the bench at the Jordan Center cheering them on. It was, it was, it was really great. Nice scene. Penn State won the game. So at one point, he decides to go down to Philadelphia to see Keith, and he gets there in time to watch Keith practice at the Palestra. And Henry, who's been the uh, – I hate to call him a custodian. He's just a hard-working, awesome guy at the Palestra forever and ever and ever. Denzel Washington's walking out. I think it's at, uh, he was done watching practice. And he says, oh, uh, uh, what are you doing here? And he says, well, I'm here to see my, my son. Oh, who's your son? He says, uh, Keith, Keith Washington. Oh, he goes on and on about what a great young man Keith is, how respectful he is, how nice he is, how funny he is to be around. And, of course, that makes Denzel Washington feel great. He said, so, uh, by the way, he says, where are you from? He says, I'm uh, from Los Angeles. He goes, really? He says, what do you do for a living? And Denzel Washington says to him, I'm an aspiring actor. <laughs> he says, really? He says, wow, that's great. 
So they chit-chat for a little bit more, just a couple little things. He goes, hey, really great to meet you. Hey, great to meet you. He says, hey, good luck with that acting thing. (laughs) I'm going to venture that in a lot of ways, that made Denzel Washington feel good that he could have a conversation with somebody that wasn't fawning over him, that he was Keith Washington's dad. In that moment, no, I'm sure he doesn't want to make it a regular habit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the more famous you get, I would think the more more refreshing that is. When okay, I can be a little incognito for a while. I can do my own thing for a while and not get spotted and and enjoy myself. Kind of blend in with everybody else. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, like Jersey Shore and a few places like that, I think somebody has been hoping for anonymity. Because of their personal fame. Speaking of Jersey Shore, the Bulldogs, they are in the semifinals in high school football. Uh, They will be playing in Danville tonight. That is a 6 o'clock kick tonight. Baltigal area is still alive. Southern Columbia, that Tigers machine is still cooking. Remember Baltigal area rested all their starters because of the playoff? That's right. right. Remember that? When they were going to play their annual rivalry game because Belfont and Baldigalaria High Schools are separated by three miles. Belfont, obviously, and Belfont, Baldigalaria is in Wingate. The famous curve. They're they're separated by three miles. Baldigalaria decided because of the playoffs, they would rest the majority of their starters. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.